How do you get to heaven? It's an important question. Pastor Ray Bentley has the answer. Jesus presents, listen to this, the way of salvation as the narrow door. The gate that leads to eternal life is not only narrow, it's low to the ground. What is the gate? Jesus said in the Gospel of John, I am the gate. I am the door. It's Jesus. Spread Welcome to Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ's soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. In a way, Christianity is an exclusive members-only organization, but all are invited. It's exclusive in that broad is the road that leads to destruction, but small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. Today, directions on finding that road. Luke chapter 13, uh, beginning in verse 22. The title of the message, as you see, is The Narrow Way. And verses 22 and 23, we read this. It says, and he, talking about Jesus, went through the cities and villages, teaching and journeying toward Jerusalem. And then one said to him, Lord, are there few who are saved? Jesus knows as he makes his way. I mean, there's a number of little stories along that way, but we're walking with Jesus to Jerusalem. And that means we're walking to the Last Supper. We're walking to uh, that last meal he had with the disciples. We're walking to Palm Sunday. We're walking to uh, his uh, trial and scourging. We're walking to his being crucified. We're walking to Good Friday, but we're also walking to the third day. We're walking to the resurrection. We're walking to, toward that ascension of Christ. We're walking toward the outpouring of his Holy Spirit. And as he is going through the cities and the villages, as he is teaching, uh, journeying, again, as you notice, in verse 22, toward Jerusalem. Then one said to him, Lord, are there few who are saved? Kind of a, you know, uh, theoretical question, hypothetical question. So how many, Lord, are really going to be saved? Let me say that in general what the commentators would agree on is that behind the question was it was a Jewish person who with the question was assuming that, well, pretty much we know the Jews are all going to be saved at that time. The idea among many was pretty much if you're Jewish, you're kind of already in the Abrahamic covenant, you're saved. Now, yes, there are a few that won't be saved of Jews if they do really, really bad sins, you know, egregious sins. Well, then there's a place the Bible uh, talks about them. But for the most part, uh, you know, basically, if you're born into being a Jew, then you've kind of got it made. And generally, a little bit of prejudice at the same time was the Gentiles are pretty much all going to hell in a handbasket. <laughs> And very few of them are going to get saved, except a few like Ruth that kind of proselytize and become Jewish and all the rest. And so Jesus has this guy ask a, a question that was asked many times, theoretically, hypothetically, uh, kind of a theological question. So really, Lord, obviously in the world, there's not that many that are going to get saved, right? But we're going to be okay, right? It's kind of wanting affirmation 
that as a Jew that is uh, here, we're, we're going to be okay. Jesus says something very, very powerful and profound in response to it. I want to I segue from that just for a moment to a story that is told by a fellow brother, Pastor uh, Alistair Begg. Has anybody ever heard Alistair Begg with that glorious accent? You know, he could read the phone book with that accent and it just sounds awesome. It's like a message, you know, it touches your heart. But Alistair Begg was in a conference uh, and he was at Harvard and he had been asked to speak. He's a very popular speaker uh, from Europe. And, and uh, so he was over here and, and he's got a church, he's on the radio. Many of you have heard him. Some of you haven't had the pleasure yet. But he was next to Harvard Yard, getting ready to address a bunch of pastors, exhorting and encouraging them to stay teaching the, the Bible and the truth. And, and he, was, he went to a restaurant. You know, uh, sometimes when you're out of town, it's kind of nice to go to a place, get a cup of coffee, sit down, pull your Bible out, kind of put the finishing touches maybe on your message and get a feel for the local people because he wasn't uh, from around there. So he's next to Harvard Yard, finishing his message. And he's kind of looking around at all the crazy characters that are there in the area of that time and, uh, and thinking, man, these guys are so, they're out of it and they're not thinking about God, they need the Lord and, and um, you know, just realizing how many people are kind of lost. And uh, I'm going to address preachers who bring the, the gospel and good news. Then all of a sudden he looked over in this uh, restaurant, sitting down with a cup of coffee, there was a young Asian woman who publicly has her Bible open and is reading the Bible. And he's kind of, you know, after being discouraged and thinking about how many people there are that don't know the Lord, he's going, wow, even here in this place, as I get ready to go and minister and encourage my fellow pastors, here's a believer. It was almost like the Lord saying to him, see, I have a remnant, I have people here, and they're being faithful and a witness right next to Harvard, you know, and so he's encouraged, and so he actually, he got the courage to go up and ask her, he said, hey, um, uh, young lady, I, I see that you are reading a Bible, you're reading the Bible, are you actually a Christian? And she smiled and replied, oh yes, I have found the narrow way. He was shocked by, he'd never heard any believer respond, hey, are you a Christian? Yes, I've found the narrow way. She was young and he started asking her, you know, her story and how she became a Christian and, and uh, she answered, well, I'm actually from Korea, born and raised in Korea. It has always been my dream to come to America, and of course, my dream was to come to Harvard, and here I am. God opened the door. I am the only believer in my family. And here was a young woman 10,000 miles away from home, from her Buddhist home. Her family were Buddhists, where they have millions of gods, and her upbringing was the antithesis of believing there's only one way, in fact, called the narrow way to the Lord. And she is going to Harvard University, where along with probably any major university in our time, there's what is known as an aggressive kind of pluralism. And in that, basically it says, look, we want to be open, everything, there is no one right way. All ways are right and all ways are equal. And we want to be open and tolerant to everything, except those who say there's only one way. That we can absolutely not tolerate whatsoever. So he found it interesting that a young Harvard foreign exchange student with a Buddhist background responded to the question, are you a Christian, as she reads her Bible in a restaurant, openly and publicly, and she says, yes, I have found the narrow way. 
And that kind of rewrote his entire message as he then you know, presented it. Hey, guys, that is. That's what, and that's what Jesus said. Um, Jesus is addressing those who believe that you're just kind of automatically born into salvation. And probably most of the Jews listening to Jesus were sure that he would uh, reassure all those who were there and that were Jews. Yes, if you're Jewish and you're basically doing good, the pearly gates are waiting for you. But interestingly, as we will now see, Jesus turns it completely around and in essence says, the question is not how many will be saved, but are you saved? Do you know the Lord? And once you settle the question personally for yourself, then you can worry about how many else of the millions and billions are going to get saved. So look with me in verse 24. Here was Jesus' response to the question, so are there gonna be just a few saved? You know, read between the lines, like me. And Jesus responded, and this is pretty shocking, strive to enter through the narrow gate. For many, I say to you, will seek to enter and will not be able. Jesus says, strive to enter through the narrow gate. Narrow gate to what? Heaven. The narrow gate to where? The kingdom of God. And, and it is a narrow gate, and in fact, he goes on to talk about that it's a narrow road. Now, if you have never read Pilgrim's Progress, let me encourage you at least once in your life to read Pilgrim's Progress, written by John Bunyan. It is a, a, an amazing story that John Bunyan wrote, uh, I believe while he was in prison, in prison for his faith and his boldness, and, but he tells this story about Pilgrim. You know, he goes through all these adventures and, and a common experience for every believer, there's Vanity Fair, so worldly, so welcome, that he wrestles with and doubt comes and temptation comes and all these things. And finally, uh, he hears that there is destruction determined upon the city that lay right before him and that he must enter through this narrow gate or he too will perish. And finally, Pilgrim is running. And while he is running to get through the narrow gate, at that very moment that he is seeking to go through the narrow gate, all the people from the town start coming and trying to grab him and yelling at him and stopping him and, and distracting him and saying, no, you don't need to do that. Where are you going and why are you doing this? And you shouldn't do this now. And, and so it, it's this pull that he feels on part of him and yet the, the reality that he believes that judgment is coming upon this place. And so he puts his hands over his ears and he runs from all of them and pushes them away, saying, life, life, eternal life, I must have life. And he rushes through into the narrow gate and makes his way to the shining light pointed out to him by Evangelist, who is in the story. It's a great, it's a great story. It's a great one you can read to those that your loved ones or children or you know, nieces and nephews. It's just an awesome story. Life, life, I must have life. And where you push out everything else. Pastor Ray Bentley will have more of today's study in just a moment. At Maranatha Radio, we've received so many cards, emails, and social media messages expressing appreciation for Pastor Ray's teaching. Pastor Ray was my pastor, and my heart hurt when I found out that he was gone from our presence. 
I know that he is greatly missed by so many. I always appreciated how he took time to talk to people. He was just so kind and full of love. I considered him not just my pastor, but my friend. And I'm thankful that this is not goodbye, as we will see him again in heaven someday. Listener comments are so encouraging. If you'd like to express your thoughts and tell us how these messages have impacted your life, would you take just 60 seconds and write an email? Send it to ray at raybentley.com or post it on our homepage at raybentley.com. And now more of today's message from Pastor Ray Bentley. Jesus told the parable of the different soils. There are four different soils. And in the four different soils, the seed, which represents the Word of God, the eternal life is in those seeds. And the four different soils represent four different kinds of hearts. And in the story, only one of the four kinds of soil does the seed find root and grow and bear fruit unto salvation. 25%, one out of four. Now, was Jesus giving an exact percentage of 25%? Uh, Bigger picture is, I think that he is just saying that there are many whom the seed falls on shallow soil or rocky soil or even it doesn't stay there very long and the birds come and, and take it away. And it is something that is unique and special and rare when that seed penetrates the ground and then fulfills itself by literally dying and then opening up, reaching up to the surface with the sun and the light and growing and bearing fruit. Jesus presents, listen to this, the way of salvation as the narrow door. This may not sound you know, correct in many ways in our culture that wants to be nice to everybody, but we're not talking about being nice, we're talking about eternal life. We're talking about salvation. We're talking about holiness. We're talking about righteousness. We're talking about the very kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven. The passage does not go through some great portal, nor does it go through some beautiful, glorious palace, as many other religions talk about. But in fact, on earth, the gate that leads to eternal life is not only narrow, it's low to the ground. You have to get down and as it were, bend down. It's like the camel going through the eye of a needle. You have to literally, mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually humble humble yourself to go through this narrow little gate and humbly squeeze through the narrow gate. What is the gate? Jesus said in the Gospel of John, I am the gate. I am the door. It's Jesus, just Jesus. All Jesus, uniquely Jesus, the only begotten Son of God, through Him and Him alone. He's not one of an entourage of saviors. He is the only Savior. He's not one of the best prophets. He is the prophet. He is not one Messiah, uh, one of many Messiahs, but He is the only unique Messiah that God has sent. For there is one mediator between men and God, and that is Christ Jesus the Lord. Amen? Amen. Now, Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 and 14. This is a comparative cross-reference, and I put it in your notes. Let's read this scripture out loud together. Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it, because narrow is the gate, And difficult is the way which leads to life, 
and there are few who find it. Again, I want you to look at verse 24. Strive to enter through the narrow gate. For many, I say to you, will seek to enter and will not be able. The agony of entering. The Lord's call to strive to enter the narrow gate. That word strive in the Greek language is the word agonizomai, and that's where we get our English word agony. The agony. Now, let me say this. It is true that we are not saved with effort, but it is also true that we cannot believe without effort. You have to focus and you have to just trust and you have to give yourself to believing and trusting and and resting all of your sins and all of your problems on Christ alone for salvation. Do not come before God and offer up any other genies, gurus, avatars, ways. You don't want to be laying your tarot cards out before God when you go up to heaven. You don't want to be bringing Ouija boards or talk about, hey, was it a seance and this, you know, thing came, or spirits or guides or, you know, any of that. There is only one name you want on your lips when you go stand before God, Jesus. Amen? Amen. Jesus uniquely, Jesus only. And there is a, you have to humble yourself uh, in order to say, I, look, I am sticking to Jesus. Hold on to Jesus. Cling to Jesus. Love Jesus. Worship Jesus. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the glory of God manifest in the flesh. Uh, he is the revelation of God to the whole world, to every nation, every language, every color, every kindred, every tribe, every group, every ethnos, every people, everywhere. God has made a way of salvation uniquely through him. And when you think about it, because people struggle a little bit with that, why does Christianity have to be so narrow? But when you think about it, how many people are on planet Earth? Seven billion? And from every continent, every conceivable, you know, color and background, continent, and all the rest. How did all seven billion people get on planet Earth? I suggest one way. There's only one way to be a human being in the entire universe. You had to be born. Jesus said that there is another world, spiritual, supernatural, the kingdom of God. And therefore, in the same way, that all seven billion people, let alone every human being from the beginning of time until now got here, the only way is to be born into it. The only way to get into heaven is to be born into the kingdom of heaven. Logical, it makes sense. And so you can be born again. So here's the deal. You can either be born twice and have eternal life, or you can die twice and be separated from God for all of eternity. How many vote that you wanna be born again, be born twice? Enter into the kingdom of heaven. That's the way it is. Now, considering the stakes of heaven or hell, let me say this. We cannot strive too much. Strive to enter into the narrow gate. John chapter 6, verses 27 through 29. Let's read this scripture out loud together. Do not labor for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give you, because God the Father has set his seal on him. And then they said to him, what shall we do that we may work the works of God? Jesus answered and said to them, this is the work of God that you believe in him whom he sent. Oh, how I love that. 
These were Jewish people who were saying, what, what is it God wants from us? What, what does he require from us? What, how many works do we have to do to please God and get into heaven? And Jesus said, he turns around. They were saying, how many works and what kind of works? Notice Jesus' response. He said, this is the work, singular, one, uno. You know that game, uno, one. <laughs> this is the work of God. Okay, what is it, Jesus? Believe in him whom he has sent. Believe in Jesus. And Jesus said that is the work that God requires. To hang on to your faith in Jesus, come what may. Never let go of Jesus. Let me tell you this. I, 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 as simply as I can, everything in life is about Jesus. Your existence is found in Jesus. The joy that your heart has always yearned for is in Jesus. Everything that you yearn for, everything that, that every cell in your body physically, materially craves for is Jesus. Everything your mind stretches itself out uh, in this yearning, groping that comes from deep within all of humanity is for Jesus. Your heart was made for the eternal life that Jesus brings. To live for Christ and to live only for him is the meaning of life. Amen? Amen. Amen. And that's what the world needs. That's what the world needs. Jesus. Do you know why um, we talk about the, the Jesus people? A little bit. Let me, let me move forward here to where we are today. And oh, look at all the things people are talking about. And they talk about politics. Man, people are fired up about politics. Well, that's good. And then people get fired up about religions and they get fired up about this and that and everything else. And even sometimes within the church, there are many distractions going on. Having personally experienced and been through a genuine move sovereignly of the spirit of the living God, it was called Jesus people. Do you know why they called them Jesus people? Because all we wanted to talk about was Jesus. I don't want to talk about you know, religion. I don't want to talk about, you know, doing good. I don't want to talk about, you know, judging. I don't want to talk about anything or denominations. I want to talk about Jesus. You know, you can talk to a professor about Jesus and he's got thoughts and opinions and you can have a dialogue with him. You can talk to a, a you know, a homeless person about Jesus and you have their undivided attention. What the world needs is not even more churches and missions per se. They need people who are filled with Jesus and will give Jesus and talk about Jesus and be in love with Jesus and have a, a, a bit of the reality of Jesus in their lives. So I believe that we're living in exciting days. Circumstances in the world are only reconfirming what Jesus and the prophets already said would happen. And the most beautiful thing that could ever happen to the church, even here now in this time and generation is let's just talk about, sing about, live for and love Jesus all the time. Amen? Amen. Amen. Pastor Ray Bentley with great encouragement to wrap up today's study in the Gospel of Luke here on Maranatha Radio. Now today's study is titled The Narrow Way. If you missed any part of the presentation, you can hear a replay on iTunes or at RayBentley.com. That's RayBentley.com. We hope you'll stop by our site today. 
When you're there, you can leave a few words in tribute to Pastor Ray's life and ministry. And under media, you'll notice three words, watch, radio, and Devo. Three ways to enjoy Pastor Ray's insights. Plus, click about and find out more about Pastor Ray and find out how you can come into a deeper relationship with the Lord. And at the bottom of the page, you can sign up to receive Pastor Ray's daily devotions via email, free of charge. And then after 30 years on the radio and the passing of Pastor Ray Bentley in early 2022, we are approaching the end of the Maranatha radio program. We'd like to thank you, our dedicated listeners, who've joined us through the years as we've journeyed with Pastor Ray through the Bible. We'll be continuing the broadcast through the remainder of 2023, but we're excited to share that we'll have a dedicated online location to access all of Pastor Ray's content, including video, audio sermons, books, and more. Please visit raybentley.com to follow along with us but we hope you'll stay with us here on the radio through the end of the year. Next time, join Pastor Ray for more from our studies in the book of Luke. More from God's Word next time on Maranatha Radio. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ's soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley is an outreach of Maranatha Chapel, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127.